to our Bible story. Um, it's in the Old Testament and it's in Daniel, the first chapter in Daniel. And Sylvie is going to come up and read that for us. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and surrounded it with his army. This happened during the third year that Jehoiakim was king of Judah. The Lord allowed Nebuchadnezzar to capture Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Nebuchadnezzar also took some of the things from the temple of God. He carried them to Babylonia and put them in the temple of his gods. Then King Nebuchadnezzar gave an order to Ashpenaz, his chief officer. He told Ashpenaz to bring some of the men from Judah into his house. He wanted them to be from important families, and he wanted those who were from the family to be from the king of Judah. King Nebuchadnezzar wanted only healthy young Israelite men. These men were not to have anything wrong with their bodies. They were to be handsome and well-educated. They were to be able to learn and understand things. He wanted those who were able to serve in his palace. Ashpenaz was to teach them the language and writings of the Babylonians. The king gave the young men a certain amount of food and wine every day. That was the same kind of food that the king ate. They were to be trained for three years. Then the young men would become servants of the king of Babylon. Among those young men were some from the people of Judah. These were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then Ashpenaz, the chief officer, gave them Babylonian names. Daniel's new name was Belteshazzar. Hananiah's new name was Shadrach. Mishael's was Meshach, and Azariah's new name was Abednego. Daniel decided not not to eat the king's food and wine because that would make him unclean. So he asked Ashpenaz for permission not to make himself unclean in this way. God made Ashpenaz want to be kind and merciful to Daniel. But Ashpenaz said to Daniel, I am afraid of my master, the king. He ordered me to give you this food and drink. If you do not eat this food, you will begin to look worse than other young men your age. The king will see this, and he will cut off my head because of you. Ashpenaz had ordered a guard to watch Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel said to the guard, Please give us this test for ten days. Don't give us anything but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then after ten days, compare us with the other young men who eat the king's food. See for yourself who looks healthier. Then you judge for yourself how you want to treat us, your servants. So the guard agreed to test them for ten days. After ten days, they looked very healthy. They looked better than all of the young men who ate the king's food. So the guard took away the king's special food and wine. He gave Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah vegetables instead. God gave these four men wisdom and the ability to learn. They learned many kinds of things that people had written and studied. Daniel could also understand all kinds of visions and dreams. The end of the three years came, and Ashpenaz brought all of the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked to them. He found that none of the young men were as good as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So those four young men became the king's servants. Every time the king asked them about something important, they showed much wisdom and understanding. They found that they were ten times better than all of the fortune tellers and magicians in his kingdom. So Daniel continued to be the king's servant until the first year Cyrus was king. Sylvie. Um, right, uh, uh, Glenn's going to come up and talk to us a little bit more about that story in a moment. Before we do, we have another song. Um, uh, Glenn's going to come up and explain it to you because there are some actions and I foolishly agreed to help him out with them. But I'm hoping that you're all going to please help me not look quite so stupid. Anyway, over to Glenn. That's all right. I'm sure I'll look even more stupid than you, so uh, it'll be okay. So we're going to sing a song. I think most of you youngsters have been here 
uh, will know this one. This is Jesus is the King, ruler over everything. Do many of you know that? So brilliant, you do. If you know the actions, um, I have just recently joined this church, so I know a whole load of actions from my old church. So um, because I'm up here, we're going to do my actions. (laughs) So basically what it is, it's Jesus is the King, ruler over everything. Jesus is the one, the risen something. Jesus is the Lord. Here's the one we can't ignore. Jesus. Jesus. He is the king. And you've got to get a good dance going on with this bit. He is the king. Do, 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 do. He is the king. Do, 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 do. And then the verses, they, I can't remember many of the words, but it's, the actions is just basically, he, he commanded the wind and waves. Hey, come follow him. And he did. And he did. And he did because Jesus is, sorry, Jesus is the king, ruler over everything. Jesus is the one, risen one, the son of God. Jesus is the Lord. He is the one you can't ignore. Jesus, Jesus, he is the king. Right, does that make sense? Right, does anyone want to come and help Angus? Yes, brilliant. Come and help Angus. Brilliant. You, you don't need to stick your hands up. Please just Come. I'm not selecting, it's just, come. No, is this it? Brilliant. So, uh, the rest of us, we can stand up, and we can sing and do actions. Jesus is the king, ruler over everything. Jesus is the one, promise from the Son of God. Jesus is the Lord, he's the one you can't ignore. Jesus Jesus, he is the king, he is the king, he commanded the fishermen, hey, come follow me, and they did, and they did, and they did. Do you want to go grab your seats? Do you want to go grab your seats? You did well, Angus. You did well. I like the wiggle. It was a good amount of wiggle. It was a good amount of wiggle. So, welcome. My name is Glenn, and I am the children's and youth worker here at BRBC. Let me put my phone down, because that would be incredibly embarrassing. And for some reason, my garage key as well. And boys and girls, what I want to encourage you to do is to sit up in your chairs... Look at mum and dad. Make sure mum and dad are sitting up. I want you to pin your ears back, ready to listen. I want you to wind your brains up, because we are going to have a look at God's Word. And this is really important. This is like God speaking to us this morning. So we really want to listen, and we're going to need God's help. So we're going to quickly pray, and then we're going to go... Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and listen to your word now. Please, Lord, would you remove all distractions and would your spirit help us to listen well 
and transform us to be more like Jesus. For your glory. Amen. So, let me put that, back, let me put that down there. What team would you be a part of? What team would you be a part of? Here we go. So you've got to pick a team. I know some of you might be like, oh, I don't know. And some of you might be like, none. But you have to pick a team. Okay, so if you are on Team Cat, I want you to give me some cat ears. If you are on Team Dog, I want you to give me some puppy puppy hands as well. I want to see, what are we? Are we a church this morning? of cat lovers or dog lovers. I am not seeing, I am seeing some cat ears at the back, but most of this is dog. Wow. So, okay. I'm team dog. Okay. I, I, I think cats are evil. I have to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, they, just, uh, they don't get on well with me. So I'm more team dog than I am team cat. So that was quite close, but I think these next three are going to be a lot more lopsided. So are you team leftover vegetables? So this is the vegetables that after your mum and dad have finished cooking, they throw them away. So imagine your compost bin at the top of your compost bin or your food waste, leftover vegetables. Are you team that, as in eating that, or are you team king, king's banquet? So whatever food you would like. For me, that would be Domino's Meteor. Oh, I do like Domino's Meteor with a lot of um, uh, Pepsi Max cherry. Or whatever it is for you, uh, King's... I know some of you are uh, horrified by that. King's Banquet or Team Leftover Veg. If you're Leftover Veg, like pretend you're holding something. You, if you are Team King's Banquet, put your hands on your stomach and go... Yeah, I think we've got two here that are leftover veg. That's worth noting for dinner and lunch today that they would like to have leftover veg. Okay, I thought that was an obvious one. This next one's going to be an obvious one. Oh, let me go back. This next one. Oh, there we go. This next one. Are you team eaten by a lion? So, rah, Or are you team comfy in bed asleep? Okay, so which one would you be? Would you be team eaten by a lion or team. So Ethan over here would love to be eaten by a lion. Um, yep, yep, you might want to get him some help. Um, okay, and the final one, would you be team thrown into a fiery furnace? So if you're like that, you can go, ah! or would you be team fun with friends, thumbs up out with a big smile on your face? Exactly, exactly. I think we would all be team fun with friends. I most certainly would. Now, the eagle-eyed among you who know the book of Daniel would have noticed that those three stories, those three pick-your-teams, are actually from the book of Daniel. And the book of Daniel encourages us in one phrase that I would use for the book of Daniel is to be loyal to the Lord, so live for him. Now, I wanted to translate that for you kids as to pick God's team. That's what the book of Daniel encourages us to do, is to pick God's team. Even if that might mean eating throwaway vegetables, as we're going to see today. Even if that might mean being thrown into a lion's den, or to be thrown into a fiery furnace, Daniel encourages us to pick God's team. 
And Daniel chapter 1 does that for us. It encourages us to pick God's team. What is it in Daniel 1? What's the big thing that helps us? Well, this is it. So, even in Babylon, I made up that word before you try and look at it online or anything. So, even in Babylon, let me hope that stays up, God is still king. This is what Daniel chapter 1 teaches us, if I can get it to stay up here. This is what Daniel chapter 1 encourages us. This is what Daniel chapter 1, how Daniel chapter 1 helps us to pick God's team. Even in Babylon, God is still king. Now, the eagle-eyed among you will notice that this word is just Babylon with the word berry slapped in the middle. And I'm going to explain that more. But we're going to learn this because I want you to go home, boys and girls, mums and dads, everyone, I want us to go home knowing this. This is what, so if you're asked when you get home, what did you learn at church? I want us to say this. So this is how we're going to do it. So even in, and I want you to go, Babi Berilon, and then afterwards I want you to go, me. God is still king, so God is still king. So, pick God's team. And then what I want you to do is, I want you to look over here and put your finger up and go, no, no, no. No, no, no. Excellent. Just like that. Just like that. Okay? So, even, so let's do this together. This is going to be a bit wonky as we start off, but then I'm going to do that side and then that side and we'll, we'll get it done. Right, ready? So, even in Babylon, me. God is still king, so pick God's team. No, no, no. Brilliant. Right, this side, I want you to do... Oh, no. No, no, no. There we go. So this side, I want you guys to do, even in Babylon, me. And then this side, God is still king. And then we're all going to go, so pick God's team. No, no, no. Right, okay. So, and I want to hear what side is loudest. So who's going to win the loudest competition? Ready. So this side, you ready? Even in Babylon, me, God is still king. So, pick God's team. No, no, no. Brilliant. That is going to need a lot of unpacking. And when we do that again, I'm definitely getting Ethan up here because he was awesome at that. There was a lot of energy, more energy than I could come up with. Now, the book of Daniel is in the Old Testament. That means that it was actually written about 600, 700 years before Jesus about 2,600 years before us. And even though it's very old, it actually still has some truths to teach us now. Now, the book of Daniel follows the character of a guy called Daniel. And I've got a Daniel here this morning. Where's my Daniel? Come on up, Daniel. Come on up, Daniel. Here we go. This is Daniel. Here you go. Can you put that on you, mate? So everyone knows you are Daniel. Uh, And Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1, would have been about 15 or 16. How old are you? I'm 16. You're 16. There we go. So we've got our Daniel. Do you want to come over here? Daniel grew up in a place 
called Jerusalem. Do you want, you can, uh, let me see if I can stick that up there. Hopefully that stays. Let's try that there. Here we go. Daniel grew up in a place called Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem is where God's word was loved. They loved talking about God. They loved speaking about God. If you lived outside of Jerusalem and you looked in, you would have thought God is king there. They tried to listen to him. There were reminders of God all over the city. This is where God's home would have been viewed as the temple. That is Jerusalem. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, and you had some friends, which we read in here as well, which is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That is Jerusalem, the place where God is loved, where people wanted to listen to God, where God was seen as king. But there was another city, and that city was Babylon. And in Babylon, God was not loved. In fact, the motto of Babylon was this, get lost, God, I'm the king. If you imagine Babylon, basically it would have been like there were signs everywhere where it was a shove off God, I'm in charge, no to you, king. God was not welcome here. And in Babylon, there was a king at the time called King Nebuchadnezzar. Come on, King Nebuchadnezzar. What are you doing? Why are you misbehaving? You are misbehaving, aren't you? Here we go. Hello! I am King Nebuchadnezzar! <laughs> and I am king in Babylon. Everybody listens to me. I am in charge. If I say jump, you jump. Does that make sense? No? Okay. Who are you? I'm Glenn. Mm, You're a bit taller than me. Get down. Get down. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Here we go. Excellent. You must listen. And our motto in Babylon is this. Get lost, God. I'm in charge. No, wait a second. Get lost, God. I'm the king. And in Babylon, they had a big army, much bigger than Jerusalem. Where's my army? Can I have my army up? Come on. Come and grab your guns. Here we go. There we go. Have you got your guns? Do you want the safety goggles? Okay, you're good. You heard it. He said it online. It's recorded. He's good. We offered health and safety ticked. Brilliant. And so this is the situation. This is just before Daniel 1. This is what it was. There was the kingdom of Babylon, the kingdom that hated God, the kingdom where self was king, where it was all about me. That's why we did me after Babylon. And there was Jerusalem, the place where God was. Oh, is Jerusalem falling down already? That's fine. And in Daniel chapter 1, what we read is that King Nebuchadnezzar decides that he wants to take down Jerusalem. So he sends his army to attack Jerusalem. To attack Jerusalem. Yeah! Attack him! Attack him! Get him! Yeah! Right, now capture him. And Daniel and his friends were captured and they were brought back. Well done. Excellent. Leave them there. Right, my army, you can go sit down. <laughs> you just get a courtesy shot on the way out. That's, that's nice. I like that. There you go. That's the sort of army that you want, isn't it? Excellent. No, no, it's not. 
No, it's not. And what we read of in the rest of Dan, at the beginning of Daniel chapter 1 is how King Nebuchadnezzar went about getting rid of God from the Israelites that he came, that came over. So he had a conversation. He, Daniel, what does your name mean? God is the judge. God is the judge? Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. Not in Babylon. No, no, no. Our motto in Babylon is get lost, God. I'm the king. So I'm going to change your name. We don't want God in here. We're going to change your name. So we're going to change your name to... You're going to need to change the thing over so I can read it. Belteshazzar is your new name. So move yours over. There we go. Your new name is Belteshazzar, and your friend's name are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We've got rid of God there. That's good. That's good. My crown's falling down. Let me put your crown back there. There you go. Excellent. And um, you think God is king, don't you? So you will think that God is the king of creation. Um, No, 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 we can't have that. And you'll think that God is king so he can tell you what you can and can't do with your lives. Uh, He tells you not to lie, doesn't he? He tells you uh, who you are, what your gender is. He tells you about marriage, doesn't he? He tells you all those things. No, 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 no. I'm going to have to reprogram you. So he gave them a new education to try and get rid of God from their thinking. Oh, wait, uh, let me think again. Um, uh, You think God is the source of your happiness, don't you? Yes. Oh, you think God is the one that provides your food and and makes everything okay for you, don't you? He does, yes. Oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to change that. So I'm going to provide you with all the king's food. I'm going to give you a new job uh, so you get your security from me. Let's get rid of God from these people. And that's what's happening at the beginning of Daniel chapter 1. King Nebuchadnezzar is trying to get rid of God. It looks like that God has been defeated and he's trying to remove God from the insides, from the heads, the hearts and the stomachs of all the Israelites. And at the end of Daniel chapter 1, three years have passed. And as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego or Meshach, your shack and the bungalow, as they are brought back in, they are tested And they are shown to be really clever. And from the outside looking in, it looked like King Nebuchadnezzar had done it. Ha ha, I have got rid of God. It is my education. It is my food. It is me who has made you brilliant. I am the king. God is dead. Ha 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 ha. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, my crown's full. Oh, it's stuck on. There you go. And that is Daniel chapter 1. Through, oh, can you pick up his crown? Can you? There you go. Well done. Excellent. Thank you very much. You can go sit down. Let's give, give him a clap at the army. You see, that is Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, the first part of chapter 1, is showing how Babylon wants to get rid of God. How Babylon wants to say, get lost, God, I'm the king. Babylon is all about me being at the center, not about God. Now, even though this was written thousands of years ago, some of you would have noted some of those things are very relevant today. Now, boys and girls, it is hard to be a Christian at school today. Mums and dads, you all know, if you are Christians, it is hard to be a Christian 
at work. We live in a country where this motto, these mottos, get lost God, I'm the king, is everywhere. So we're told, boys and girls, that, so the Bible, sorry, the Bible teaches us that God is the king of creation. But actually, what the government, what schools are teaching is that, no, 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 we don't want God in our creation story. We're going to get rid of him. The Bible teaches us that God tells us about marriage. God tells us about gender. God tells us how we live our lives, whether we should lie, whether we should cheat, whether we should obey our parents, whether we should listen to them. And actually, what's happening in our country is that we sit in educations where they're like, no, 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 no. God has no right to tell us those things. God can't tell us about marriage. God can't tell us about gender. God can't tell us what is right and wrong. We live in a country which is where God has been told to shut up, to get lost, and what we've replaced him with us as king. You see, even though Babylon was a city that was thousand, around thousands and thousands of years ago with a king who is dead a long time ago, actually, as we live in Berry, Berry is very much like Babylon. That's why I've made up this word. Because as we live in Berry, as we look around to the left, to the right, it's like we are surrounded by Babylon. The heart of Babylon is in Berry. The heart of Babylon is everywhere, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our government. Our government says that the parliament is not a place for God. This is where we decide how we want to run our country. God, get lost. And so the book of Daniel, even though it was written a long time ago, is very relevant today. And actually, it makes this really, really good news for us. It makes this amazingly relevant for us today because we need to remember this. And so we're going to sing a song and then we're going to delve into greater detail of the bits of Daniel that I haven't covered yet uh, where we see this more. But before we sing the song, let's do this once more time. Ethan, can I get you up here? You were very good, very energetic. I'm waiting for somebody who's super energetic this side. At the moment, it's just you. Uh, if we get someone who's super energetic, do you want to, actually, you were very good. Do you want to come on up? Yeah! Yeah? That's okay. They'll help you. I'll help you. That's better, isn't it? I'll help you. Right, so over this side, over this side. So you're going to go, so come over here. Come here. What's your name? Brielle. Ah, Brielle. Excellent. Oh, you did, yeah, three weeks ago. Yes. So you're going to go, you side, even in Babby Berylon. So you've got to have the fingers pointing at you. Babby Berylon, me. And then we're going to go, right, God is still king. And then we're all going to go, so pick God's team. And we're going to go, we're not going to do it at you, so you need to turn around and go, no, no, no. Okay? Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You can pick a side. You just do it all. Yeah. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one, go. Even in Babylon, me, God is still king, so pick God's team. No, no, no. Brilliant. Right. We're going to sing a song. Uh, it's called King of Me, and you're obviously going to stay up, aren't you? Excellent. Are you going to stay up with us? It's Rain Collective, so it's, um, 
So it's, the actions are going to be, my God's the king of the... No, my God's the king of the giants. My God's the king of the lions. My God's the king of the creatures of the sea. My God's the king of me. And then I haven't made up actions for the verses. But we can make them up as we go along, can't we? Yeah? We're going to make them up as we go along. Brilliant. Well, let's stand and let's sing this song. Go grab your seats. Go grab your seats. Not literally. Yeah, go sit there. That's good work. That's good work. So, we are in Daniel 1, and we have learned this thing. So, just in case the song has removed it from your minds, we're just going to do this once more time. Because I really want you to go home remembering this. And we're all going to do it, not just that side, this side. We're all going to do it together. So, are we ready? So... Even in Babylon, me, God, is still king. So, pick God's team. No, no, no. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Right, so I've got another quiz for us. Who is in charge? I thought I had another quiz, but something's... There you go. Who's in <coughs> charge? Who is in charge of these guys? Who are these guys? Does anyone recognize these? Do these recognize these? Go on. Maddie, are you going to say it out loud? That's the Paw Patrol, it really is. And who is in charge of the Paw Patrol? Who calls the shots? Who is the one that says, um, what are they called? What, what, give me, oh, Rubble. Rubble, you're out. Rubble on the double. Who is it that, who's in charge? Ryder, yeah, Ryder is in charge. How about who is in charge in this place? Who's in charge? The principal, yes, the head teacher is in charge at school. When the head teacher says something, then the idea is that the school does it. Okay, so who's in charge of this place? Who's in charge of this place? Go on. Queen Elizabeth II, yeah, yeah, that. That could be one answer. Any other answers that we reckon? God. God? Okay, you've stolen my next point. You cheeky little boy. We'll pretend we didn't hear that. Who? Boris Johnson, which isn't deliberate, but does anyone think this guy looks like Boris Johnson? (laughs) As in, I only realized this morning, but I was like, could it be? Could it be? Um... That was accidental, and I apologize. But Parliament, you could say Parliament is in charge of there. Now, Daniel 1 answers the question for us, who is in charge of the world? Who is actually in charge of Paw Patrol? Who is actually in charge of in our schools? Who is actually in charge of our country? And he shows us, look at these three verses. You see, from the outside looking in, you would have said that God was defeated. God was not king, but King Nebuchadnezzar was king. But actually, in Daniel chapter 1, it gives us an inside look behind the scenes of what is actually going on. And look at Daniel chapter 1, verse 2. Was it King Nebuchadnezzar or was it God? And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands. You see, it was God that did it. God was the one that 
caused that meant that Jerusalem was taken over. And they were taken over because actually what had happened for 100 years is because they had acted just like Babylon rather than like Jerusalem that they should have been. And then Daniel 1.9, and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. We're told that God managed to influence the guards, the enemy's hearts, so that they would look favorably upon Daniel. We see that even in the king's court, God is still in charge. And then Daniel 1.17, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. Was it King Nebuchadnezzar's education? Was it his system that ultimately gave them the skills in literature and wisdom? No. We're told that it was God. We're told that God is in charge. We're told God is ruling, God is king, even in Babylon. And in the bit from verse 8 onwards, we're told actually even more details as we look into a secret decision that Daniel makes. Because he makes a secret decision. It's not a public one. Not many people know about it, but between him and his friends, he makes a choice. What is that choice? Well, he sits there and he has a choice in front of him. He has the king's banquet food or the most delicious food in the world in front of him, whatever that might be, chocolate cake, oh, very yummy, or Domino's pizza or whatever it is. He has that option in front of him or he has a different option, which is the thrown away vegetables as if it's been thrown into a bin, all moldy and, and rubbish like that. He has that choice in front of him. Now, we're not told exactly why, but Daniel knows that if he chooses the king's food, that God would not be happy with him. We don't know exactly why, but we're told that he knows that if he picks this, it will make him unclean. It will make him dirty on the inside. It's as if he says, yes to my stomach, no to my heart to following you. And so he makes what appears to be a crazy decision. He chooses the thrown away vegetables. It's nutritional suicide. I know that vegetarians now, they get a good balance and stuff like that. But at that time, it would have been terrible and really crazy to pick that. But he can't just pick it. He's got to go and ask the guard. So he goes up to the guard and he says, I would like to reject the king's food and I would like to have these vegetables that are disgusting and horrible. Please, can I do that? Now, 99 times out of 100, that guard is like, no, what are you talking about? I'm not doing that. You'll get killed. I'll get killed. Never going to happen. What's going on? But actually, what we're shown in Daniel 1 is that the guard is not in control. What we see in Daniel 1 is that King Nebuchadnezzar is not king. What we see in chapter 1 is that God is still king. And so the guard says, yes. Well, actually, the guard says, let's test it for 10 days. And after 10 days, where you'd expect if you just ate thrown away vegetables, they would look weedy, they'd be, look tired, look all white and pasty. Actually, they were looking strong and healthy. Once again, just in this secret little moment, what do we see? We see that God is still king. That's what we see. 
And then three, and then they decide, okay, you can eat this. You can eat this rubbish throwaway food for three years. That feels like torture to me. But they say you can pick that for three years. And what happens at the end of the three years? They are bigger. They are stronger. On the outside, they look good. And we all know that they look good on the outside. Why? Because God is still king. And on the inside, as they are tested, it is only these four who are ten times better than all the rest. And we know that that is God telling us, I want you to know, God is still king. That is what we are seeing in Daniel chapter 1. God is still king. And what it helps us to say and to see is that King Nebuchadnezzar is just a puppet. He's a puppet, isn't he? He's just a puppet, isn't he? The guards were just puppets. Everyone is just puppets. In Babylon, they are just puppets. The teachers in Daniel's class were just puppets. God was in control. I think it's a really good thing for us to learn to remind ourselves by saying, you are a puppet. Can we say that? Boys and girls, let's see if you're awake. You ready? You are a puppet. Let's try that a bit again. Ready? You are a puppet. Now, I wouldn't encourage you saying this out loud to anyone, but if you are struggling with someone, if you look at someone like Boris Johnson, say, or the parliament, or your teacher, and you think, oh my goodness, they're in charge, I'm worried about this, actually, I find saying in my head, you are a puppet, really helps. Now, don't say it out loud, okay? So if you're facing your head teacher or something, I do not recommend you go, you're a puppet, okay? (laughs) That won't work. But actually, it helps us to remember who's in charge. If when our bosses are telling us to shut up about God, don't say that, actually reminding ourselves, you are a puppet, and I want to pick God's team, really helps us to make that choice. When our teachers, so there was a friend of mine back in Enfield who was telling her school friends, she was nine, eight at the time, telling her school friends about sin and how Jesus had come to rescue us from sin. And the teacher came up to her and said, no, we don't talk about Jesus in this school. I want you to stop. What would have helped her is to remember that that teacher is just a puppet. She didn't say it out loud, which is good. But she remembered, you're just a puppet and God is king He is in control. That really helps us. You see, Daniel chapter 1 shows us that even in the darkest times, even when times are tough, even when it looks like on the outside God has been defeated, we know that God is still king. And even though Daniel 1 is a great example of this for us, we see it even better 600 odd years later. Because 600 years later, a man called Jesus came. And Jesus was actually God who came to walk among us. But one day, just outside of Jerusalem, it was as if mankind turned around and said, get lost, God. It was actually what happened was mankind killed God. They hung him on a cross. They said, get lost. We don't want you here. We are kings. We are in charge. We want you to get lost. And they actually took God, who came and dwelt with us, and hung him on the cross. As everybody looked on at that moment, as Jesus hung on the cross, people would have thought, God has lost control. God is not in control. Like the, the, 
um, Pontius Pilate is in control. Herod is in control. That's what they would have thought. But three days later, when Jesus rose from the dead, it was a big declaration that it was all a part of God's plan. You see, as Jesus died on the cross, God was still 100% in control. He died for us, to rescue us, because we live like uh, the people of Babylon. That dark day was not a day where God did not know what he was doing. It was not a day where he had his hands tied behind his back, and he was like, no, stop it, I can't do anything. It was a day that God was still in control. So what does this story help us to do? Let's finish on this note. What does this story help us to do? Well, it helps us to follow in Daniel's footsteps. Because we need to be people, if we are followers of Jesus, we need to be people who learn to say no. Now, I made this sign earlier in the week before I decided that it was going to be no, no, no. Okay. So we need to learn to be people who say no, no, no. We need to be learn to be people who say no to Babylon. Maybe that's we need to say no when we're tempted to click on the in, that internet link. Maybe we need to learn to be people who say no when gossip is tempting us away. Maybe we need to be people who say no when our brothers or sisters have annoyed us and we want to get revenge. Maybe we are people who need to say no uh, to ourselves and our feelings when our mum and dads tell us to do something and that anger dwells up inside of us and we want to shout at them and we want to say no. Maybe we need to be people who learn to say no, especially when it comes to the secret, private decisions that we make. But maybe it's not just those things. Maybe it's something else. Maybe there is something that we are thinking, this is the source of my happiness. This is the source of my joy. That could be a holiday. That could be something that consumes all your thinking and you think, if only I could have that holiday, then I'll be okay. Maybe it's a job promotion. Maybe you think, if only I could have that job promotion, then I am going to be safe and secure. And you know deep inside that taking that is going to draw you away from God's people, draw you away from doing things for God. And maybe, maybe for you, it won't be for everyone, but maybe for, maybe for you, saying no could be saying no to that promotion, saying no to that extra commitment, saying no to this thing. Boys and girls, maybe that's saying no to a toy. Maybe it's saying I want to give something to someone else rather than keeping it myself. What does Daniel 1 encourage us to do? Well, it encourages us that we need to be people who learn to say no. We need to be people who learn that our hearts are more important than our stomachs. Our hearts being for God are more important than anything else. And so we need to learn to say no. And this helps us. You see, because saying no in Daniel's situation was stupid unless God was still king. Asking to eat vegetables was stupid unless God is still king. And for us, many decisions that we might have to make might seem stupid and foolish to the world, but they make tons of sense because God is still king. And that's what Daniel 1 encourages us with this beautiful, glorious good news that even in Bury, even in your workplaces, even in school, even when things are dark and you are worried and it looks like God's out of control or lost control, God is still king. Right, let's say this one last time. And then I'm going to pray, and then the band are going to come up 
and play our last song for us. So, all together, are we ready? Ethan, you're going to come up and help me? Brielle, you're going to come up and help me? Anyone else want to come up and help me? Maddie, yeah, brilliant, do it. Excellent, excellent. Anyone else can come up and help me because I'm going to need lots of volume from you guys. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Right, ready. All together. Even in Babylon, me, God is still king. So pick God's team. No, no, no. Okay, you, you can sit down. Well, I'm going to pray, and then the band are going to come, and we're going to sing our last song. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are still king. Lord, we are sorry when we have fallen into the trap of thinking that you're not. We're sorry when we have thought that someone else is in control, calling the shots. We're sorry when we have thought that something else is the provider of our happiness, of our joy. Please, Lord, would you help us to remember this wonderful truth from Daniel 1, that you are still king, that you are the one who tells us how we should live our lives. You are the author of creation. We thank you that you are the one who provides our happiness and Lord, we thank you that when we are most satisfied in you, we, you are most glorified and that fills us with joy. Please, Lord, would you help us to love you? Help us to be more like your son, Jesus, for your glory. Amen.